Everyone, episode 63, Abolish the Monarchy. Jacket off. Yeah. Did you think you were going to wear it and that's why you brought it up? No, I'm just keeping warm. Okay. I'm, so a, profe- I'm a professional. So it's like you're warm- warming on, up on yeah, the touchline. Yeah, so I can't, I can't be funny in that jacket. Yes, it's true. It's oh, not so funny. quite a solid you jacket. Can't, you can't have, your, no, this is quite you can't have your collar up. No. If it was a bit longer, then you could be funny. Yeah. 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 Um, hello and welcome to a special episode of Boys Gone Wild because uh, shit has just hit the fan a little bit. This is a news... We can do an actual news podcast where we can try... Um, well, everyone's just chucking shit at a wall. Yeah. If you look at any social media, it's everyone just fucking vomiting bile yeah. about what they think about Harry and Meghan and all this shit. So, so we let's might add as well, to that wall. Let's get back in the shit, yeah. the shit piss fight. We had um, a nice break talking about dad issues and yeah, kind of hyper reality. We'd look like if we were Teletubbies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I think we're ready to jump back into the news. Well, we did... Um, so uh, I think... This might come as a shock to you, but um, we never we never do any research for any of the episodes. The most I or you have probably done is yeah. like a quick peruse sure. of um, a BBC News article. Yeah, insulting to the patrons who pay money for this, but uh, we really put very little research into it. But I think that's what gives it the sort of youthful, um, spontaneous yeah. edge. We're trying to find out the information that we're talking about whilst yeah. we're talking about it. And you come along on the journey yeah. with us. And so, like, if we achieve, you know, the goals to finally do this uh, part-time or, or even full-time, um, we've got a little window into what that would be like. Yeah. today we actually thought, we woke up early, Andrew's got a week off, um, so we thought, all right, let's 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 actually watch this Harry and Meghan interview and let's give some solid analysis. It was like an hour, 110 minutes or something. Yeah, was like, oh, yeah something silly. Yeah, um, and God, I was exhausted. And you, you were exhausted. It really gave a quite a clear <laughs> indication to me how little work you do in general. <laughs> yeah. You puffing your cheeks out afterwards. Going, God, fucking God, I'm beat. Jesus Christ. Like, I, I do think it's interesting. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. But fucking watching the interview, I was just like... It's 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 hard. The the problem is, I think, which a lot of people probably are finding, is that it is newsworthy and it is important and it does it. It's worth reading up on and thinking about because it's raised many questions. But it's hard because of how little a lot of people give a fuck, and that is what's the issue. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it is. It's monumental in history in terms of the, the society's relationship with the monarchy and how it's yeah. viewed. Um, but the nitty gritty gets a bit yeah. um, boring, a bit yeah, tedious. Yeah, because a lot of stuff's shifting around. I saw someone tweet something about like uh, the last couple of days of me trying to work out who I give less of a shit about: the royal family, Harry and Meghan, or Piers Morgan. And it's yeah, sort of like that it's sort of t- It's a real tough like, one. There's all these news yeah. things. Like, oh, I don't give a fuck about any of these people, but yeah, it's but I have to. <laughs> but I have to. You know, there, there is an implication that everyone should have an opinion on it in one yeah. way or another. But that's the same with everything nowadays. Ooh. Oopsie daisy. Oh, shit. Someone just went there. Okay, this is a fucking, this is a new Andrew. Yeah, um, and it's exhausting. <laughs> is that the it's end? It's exhausting. I've decided I don't want to have any opinions on anything. Oh, really? Uh, which is tough for a it podcast. It's tough, because this is just an opinion. Because opinion merch. All I'm doing is getting the urge to just shrug at everything yeah. you say. Yeah, it's true. I mean, because, you know, we're like gunslingers, but our bullets yeah. are opinions. That's what people come for exactly. us for. It's just the, it's not the quality of the opinion. It's the volume and the spontaneity of opinion. You know? Yeah. There's academics who have opinions, but they, you know, they'll, they're, they're little losers who'll go on tenure and spend seven years writing a book yeah, with research. Yeah. But we need to read a news article. We need to need, bam, need a, a read a headline opinion, and then talk about it for an hour. Squash. But I'd like to start off with an apology because mm. um, though, you know, I've been accused of like sort of manufacturing hot takes, I don't, I, I genuinely believe a lot of the stuff I say. Sometimes it's clearly a joke, but I think I outline that pretty clearly. But a lot of the time when I'm saying 
my opinions. I do genuinely believe them. Um, but the, for the first time, this might be a Boys Gone Wild exclusive. I'm going to do a full 180. I've only recently started using 180. Cause because people to, use 360. I used it a lot of And it's time. wrong. It's hilarious. You're back at <laughs> this way where you started. I used it for way too long. Yeah. And it's um, hilariously dumb if you think about it. Because if you think about a pivot, but then pivoting, there's something hilarious about just. Actually. I just imagine having an opinion and then jumping and spinning around and landing exactly yeah. where you were. There's something <laughs> wonderful about a 360. Yeah. yeah. Well, who knows? By the end of this, I might 360. But I had a full yeah. 180 because uh, maybe three or four episodes. Ago, we There's had been a, a couple of times we've yeah. done monarchy. Yeah, we monarchy we did discussions. a we did a discussion about the monarchy, and Andrew's been a kind of uh, staunch anti-monarchist. I uh, did a lot of sentiment about um, the need for a kind of national story and this uh, unifying identity, and a feeling that for a lot of people it feels like we're losing these kind of anything that brings us together, and the monarchy sort of represented that. And then, though, I still believe that. I think. And I don't want to say that this incident has changed my mind, is, but it kind of did because it was just like, it was more like just waking up a little bit and saying, mm. like, hang, hang on a minute, what the fuck was I saying? Like, it's fucking mental that we have a monarchy. I just, I've completely changed my mind and I'm going to say it here and now, abolish the monarchy, um, maybe don't cut the Queen's head off, but the others, they're yeah. getting straight in the guillotine. Yeah. I'm saying getting down and pucking palace. Uh, I'm saying pitchforks. Yeah. Get rid of them, storm the Bastille. Yeah. It's an absolute ridiculous... And I, I don't know what it was that really changed that for me because I've never liked any of the royals or cared about them, but there was something about, you know, at least some connection to our past that I sort of liked. But I think it was just, just how ridiculously out of touch they all are mm. and just how they're these sort of like inbred ghouls yeah. who are like who as i was saying earlier um have this very uh, distinct shade of pink that only yeah. comes from like centuries of inbreeding, inbreeding. Yeah, um yeah and i think off the back of the andrew pedophile thing and then this where it's like Prince. i don't know why this is true because I, I already knew all this stuff like all this yeah. stuff coming out it didn't feel like it was a shock do you yeah. always you kind I of already like knew you, um we often have had discussions which have mostly revolved around the symbolism of the monarchy rather yeah. than the individuals. Sure. So I, th I think with that, with Prince, the Prince Andrew scandal, that's almost too Shakespearean and that kind of makes you want the perpetuation of the monarchy. In a yeah. Way. Whereas this is so ridiculous mm. and sad and a bit petty in how it's being handled that then that, that then drags the rest of the human beings into it as well. Yeah, and I guess I, guess I still have a fear... Um, that I was also remembering when the Queen goes and Charles comes in it's yeah. just going to be a whole different thing because the Queen has managed to keep a lid on a monarchy yeah. that should not exist it doesn't yeah. exist any no monarchy like this exists anywhere else in the world and the lid has been kept on by as I was saying earlier an elite sportsman who's the Queen who yeah. has who's a she's Michael she's a Jordan she's a night watch she is she's, she, she is she's yeah. a <laughs> She's just hitting when those you ones know, where their sun's going down. They're throwing when it. the ratings is going terribly. Uh, the, they've got a new ball in, yeah. fresh. It's the the ground. They, they know they're like, going to do badly tomorrow, as yeah. badly as they did today. Yeah. You just bring in a night watchman who's mm -hmm. going to keep the ship steady. And like if kings and queens throughout English history, they've been weird. They've been uh, horrendous tyrants. But the queen has done this role that's a really hard thing, where she is like the Michael Jordan of it, which is keeping her trap shut, which is a, like. It sounds reductive, but I really am not because I think if you are upheld as a symbolic head of state yeah. and you manage to basically keep your fucking mouth shut for mm. 70 years, that is incredible. Yeah. Something that no monarch before her had ever achieved. Yeah. Um, there is. Well, there was, remember we were speaking about that slight, more, well, a lot more minor scandal about how there's been a, there was this dossier 
published about how much um, the royals are able to intervene in some laws that That's pertain more to Charles, them. I know I it's uh, and the queen. Is it? Yeah. But again, accountability is a difficult yeah. thing within the royal family. Just and because she's actually me, running the show. Yeah, and part of you feels like even if the queen, you know, it's, she's been in the helm so long, part yeah. of you feels like she's getting so old now. If she starts meddling now, it's like it's it's constitutionally a crisis. But yeah. you kind of like respect. You're kind of like fair enough. Before like we, she's been sitting in the wings for so long, the idea that she's so tired now, she's like, oh, can we? Can, and she like just will yeah. be a, let her guard down occasionally. It's understandable. Before we she's jump got a in, fucking crown on her. Before head. we jump into the royals, I just yeah. want to address one thing. If okay. you've done a 180 on this, what else can't we trust? Well, this is what I was trying to say is that this is quite a unique exclusive because I very rarely do this, but this is not even like a, uh, like a, I wasn't sure and now I'm sure. It was like a full, I was sure about something and I've completely yeah. switched it, which I very rarely have seen to do. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's something about this just, it's because it's more like, I thought the monarchy at least gave this place I guess I was scared of England becoming like a non-place, like a shopping mall yeah. or a motorway. And there was something about... You were having a, like a kind of nationalistic crisis of the soul. Sure. And I just... It's, it's like there's a fear that if you start removing things that are kind of unique to this place, then it starts becoming... Then what are we like a shopping. It's like It starts becoming like a shopping mall. Yeah. But I realised that it's embarrassing actually on the world stage to have um, uh, the monarchy in the way we do. And that they're sort of like a safety pin that keeps a lot of the shittest things about this country in place. Yeah. Even though I don't think the monarchy in itself is crazy bad. I, th I think all of the aristocracy, the boys club, the private oh, school, yeah. uh, like 50% of the land in the UK is owned by like 1%. I'm not sure that's the full fact, but it's around yeah. that, something shocking like that. Crazy. La yeah, land has been held. To, yeah. It's we, that idea of, but mm. even these, like even those, like, even, so it's naturally going to materialize in things like ownership of land yeah. and resources. Um, but then it's even the same thing, just a symbolic thing of how power exists in our society and power existing through generations of birth and mm. genetics. It's just a bad practice yeah. of nice politics. It's like a, it's a clear reminder of where we came from, which I guess is what you were saying was a good thing because it ties us to the past. But the idea of it is so ridiculous yeah, I just mm -hmm. it, it's obviously going to like continue things like inequality in that way and things like the aristocracy absolutely but and also what's weird is it's it's part of like Britain's confused identity and like some of the uh, calls for progressive nationalism on the left is like focusing on like our tradition of po why don't we focus on the positive things we've done as opposed yeah. to the shit things we've done you yeah. know there's um, not a lot modern no well modern democracy you yeah. could argue was starting here so it's weird that yeah. a country that was kind of instrumental in the rights of the individual democracy america was a lot of it was it? english ideas started on a yeah on is like it a, weird or is it just telling of the power that the royal family had even when there's new ideas of democracy coming to still manage to work out a way they can remain relevant? well what's weird is that you have all these the french revolution obviously gets upheld as like this um one of the, the, the big revolution where it broke the ideas of monarchies and nation and started the like the modern nation but we had a revolution that was just as revolutionary in the English Civil War, yeah. uh, 150 years before, we got rid of our monarchs. We literally did that. We started Parliament. That was the, one of the first countries in Europe to do it. Probably the first country in Europe to do it. And then, just by chance, 
the guy we elected was such a cunt, mm. Oliver Cromwell, who's a guy who banned Christmas, yeah, he, he was the, that yeah. we got the monarchy back and then we never Purity. questioned it since. Yeah. So it was just because of how much of a prick Oliver Cromwell was mm. that we we didn't do, have basically the, the English Revolution. Yeah, I don't think Cromwell gets blamed enough. He doesn't because he's fucked it. Because it's like we had the English Civil War, we got rid, we beheaded, we beheaded the king. We did behead the king. And then we got his son back because well, Cromwell was such a shit cunt. Yeah, you'd think... Again, it should just come back to just the act of beheading the king. That seems yeah. to be how people get closure, how mm. people got closure in like the, the 18th, 19th centuries. Yeah. And because we yeah. haven't had, something that's like France have had, in maybe Germany, Italy have had, is that when you have like a, especially France, when you have a proper revolution, you sort of like shake up the class system. It kind of yeah. reaffirms itself over centuries. But because we haven't, it's like a lot of the families who own land have owned it since the Normans came, which is the last real shame. You could say the noughties. Then. Since the noughties. <laughs> it's, it's out of control. So like, what, what, why we got such fucked land uh, and aristocracy is because we haven't ever had like a round Give of beheading. Give us some land. Of like I'd beheading. Like some land. It would be great to have some land. I mean, we wouldn't be the first people to get the land in yeah. the revolution because we're, yeah. we're white males. Exactly. But I'd yeah. still like a patch. Yeah, well, yeah, we'd like to have a little bit. We can get the Boys yeah. Gone Wild Farm. The Boys Gone Wild Farm. And there's these huge estates that are populated by just these kind of like miserable aristocracy. And that's the problem also with our, our elite, our upper classes. They're yeah. so unaspirational yeah. because they're sort of the cultural way of being an upper class English person is a pride in manufacturing your own struggle yeah. so you, you, you hoard all the land and the wealth but your actual way of being is built in not expressing your emotions it's kind and of chastity sort of, of, yeah and su suppressing pleasure. pleasure yeah it's like if at least in America they've got a, a kind of unaspirational ruling class in some ways like quite a tedious um system but at least there's like at least you can see some of them having a good time yeah you know well they believe in hedonism a bit yeah. more than us yeah, yeah we we really have a thing against hedonism particularly if, as you get to the upper echelons of society so they can't and that's the fallacy of it they've got so much material wealth and resources to really live a fat one but they don't because there's such a pride in the hoarding in the hoarding of mm. it and that is one of the yeah and that's that's one of the strangest things about it but I don't think it's problems of it. But I think that the end of the monarchy is that it has to be done at the right time. Because if we do it, for example, now... When should we do it? Should we work it well, out? No, right let's now? work it out. Because I've thought about this. Yeah, is that it's like, we've got a huge chance for the monarchy to, when we get rid of it. Because that will be such a symbolic change. It means that you'll be able to put loads of other shit in. Yeah. Because it will be a, a wave of stuff. Are you doing a graph? Yeah, I'm doing a time success graph. Because if we do it now... So I'll start it at... Uh, we'll do zero. We'll start at 2021. Yeah. If we do it now, yep. it'll be bad. So it's bad. Yeah. It'll be bad we'll be because right. it will just be... It's got a we'll, bit better we'll, since like we'll 2019. Be in, we'll be in shit so neoliberal uh, Boris Johnson, Tory Britain, yeah. but without a monarch, we'll just feel like, oh, it'll yeah. just feel like an absence of something that once yeah, was Yeah, as we there. were saying earlier, if Scotland leaves, Brexit happens, we lose, yeah. we lose the monarchy. Yeah, but... Then it just feels like we're just English people lying in our own shit. If... When in 10 years, when maybe Starmer gets in, he's shit, maybe the Tories get back in. But if we have like that window that we fucked it with Corbyn, but there's enough sentiment that in 15 years there's a chance for like a yeah. new left wing government to come in, like a proper one. If a then bit. we abolish the monarchy, then we can abolish private schools, then we can like redistribute land, and then it yeah. can all come together. Because it'd be so symbolic getting rid of the monarchy. You can't just get rid of the monarchy and keep the upper classes in the same way. Like we could definitely yeah. make like a There's more fertile ground there, but it's not enough because I think 
part of it is you need, I feel like you might need a leader like Corbyn who is who is passionate about something like the abolition monarchy mm. and properly redistribute. Once you ab abolish a monarchy, we can really talk about redistributing resources yeah. and opportunities across yeah. the whole society. Yeah, yeah. If Keir Starmer was in there, you just don't really feel like he'd give a shit about doing that. He was probably a monarchist. Yeah. Oh, de oh definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But you just feel like that 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 task would land on his lap. Oh, yeah, he just wouldn't do anything about it. So that's why you've got to bide your time. Yeah. So, um, and you've well, got to work so it's in a slight small it's a slight increase, but it's not quite the fertile ground we need. I'll do a little dotted line that suggests like this yeah. is when yeah, we yeah, yeah, do yeah, it yeah, at yeah, the yeah. top. Um and the the problem is is that you've got to work in small windows because it's about because it's going to have to be a referendum if we get rid of the monarchy. Yeah. And they've still got overwhelming support, but then this is a nice little patch to like really twist the knife yeah. in a little bit. Will it be will it ever be subject to a referendum? It must be. Surely. Well, that's the thing I get because they're not going to go by themselves. But it's also, parliament. Parliament would do it. But also, option. well, but then it will be an interest. I don't think Parliament would technically have the right to do it because technically Parliament's power is gifted from the monarchy to them. So I don't, it'll be interesting to see if it was actually legal or if MPs were able to create that bill in itself. Well, there's weird laws, because there's also lots of laws which give Parliament rights over the monarchy. It's like the monarch's not allowed in the House of Commons and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's lots of things from the English But that's meant to be, be, to keep it impartial. The point yeah. is that it's meant to be, you know, they're meant to be impartial, but yeah. they still, the monarchy still gives the power technically to parliament okay yeah it's true so it might have to be a cut off the head situation we might have to get the guillotines out but i want to wait till the queen dies naturally and go straight to charles i don't any, want to cut the queen's head off is there any like sad. way we could just storm it with like nerf guns and they would kind of accept that they've been gotten do you know like you shoot him with a rubber bullet and like you know what we mean can you just leave now play dead like we're here yeah we're in the palace well yeah i, I think I, I i tweeted about this yesterday it's like I, it, it there's something in it, that something sad. I, I'd hate for Oprah already. She her smug ego pisses me off anyway. Yeah. And there's something that I really don't like the idea that two Americans, uh, smug Americans, are going to potentially be the people who end the monarchy. Though I think it's fair. It's like we're the ones who've had it for a thousand years. I yeah. do want it to be on you our terms. You want at least the architect, the architect of its destruction, to be British. You want them to have at least. It just feels a bit embarrassing it feels and quite, humiliating. It is, it's it's quite Oprah fitting with America, <laughs> with like after America, kind of yeah, they got independence from yeah. us. Now you're better than us. We get it. And then it's like Fucking the final Oprah. twist of the night. Yeah, if Oprah's the one who got rid of the royal family, yeah. that's why I said like it, it should be I'm, over yeah. like rising bread prices. I am fine with it. Really? I mean, I feel like this is still your um. There's a bit of that mm. kind of the of the opinions that you had before with what the monarchy's about retaining. Yeah, this. it's still Oprah. Like, because it'll be talked about for like hundreds and thousands of years. It's a huge moment in our history. If it's like that, one of the key events that like yeah. really set it off was fucking an Oprah interview. Yeah, that's just humiliating. I guess so. You know, bread yeah, prices. That's, that's, yeah, but that's a bread riot, like a an old riot. school bread riot. Well, we don't have enough bread riots. Bread nowadays. riots are a great name for a band. Sorry, I was just. Note yeah. that down. Bread yeah, riot. no, you're not. Bread I'll, riot. I'll write that down. Bread on, riot would be I'll put, fucking sick, man. I'll put that down on our band names page. To go actually, see bread riot. Um, <laughs> um, are we gonna? Should we just scrap the graph? Um, so it was. It, that's the graph. If you want to okay. have a look at it, it will get to the success time. Okay, this continuing. Is where we'll get there. So we're saying around twenty um, thirty-five is when we're looking at. I'm thinking that. I yeah. think that's about the time. So we'll bide our time. Get our resources pulled together. Yeah. We'll organize a couple of secret Facebook groups and mm. um, maybe some things on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and then we'll just have you know about twenty thirty-five this year. This day um, of this month in 2035. Yeah, we'll, we'll get the people there. together. We store. We do a proper old school storming of the palace. Yeah, 
um, looting, smashing. We're not just going to break in. We're going to storm it. Mm. We need to properly storm. We need everyone there. And I'm because thinking, you can't capture the hearts and minds of a, of a nation without a good storm. Because part of me was thinking aesthetically, we need to think about this. Because uh, you know, Storm of the Bastille is an, a, a classic yeah. moment in history that's been immortalized in many oil paintings. I feel the kind of modern version. I'm thinking sort of like Mancunian Oasis, Adidas shell suits, that sort of look. Yeah. You know, of like a kind of romanticized idea of English working class. Yeah. I yeah. feel that's sort of the the aesthetic we go for. Everyone's wearing Fred Perry like sports tops, or yeah. maybe Stone Island jackets. You yeah. Know, yeah. Stuff I'm like thinking, that. I'm thinking zoot suits. Zoot suits. Yeah. What is a zoot suit? You know, like those all-in-one things that they wore in the seventies, and like it's really baggy suits. Wait, wait. Do you mean the one where they had the open collar? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking zoot. And suits. then like flares and like uh, thick booted yes. boots. Yeah, 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 like really big, uh, kind of obnoxiously large. So heels. it's a bit discoy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think given the time when disco went out of fashion, by about 2035, it will have gone out of fashion again from now and then come back in. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. what we're what and that's us commenting on the royal family and mm -hmm. um, the trends that it's gone through. It's um, a powerful. It's, dev a, it's a devastating. Yeah. Cultural analysis. I, yeah, I think so too. Mm. Um, I say yeah, zoot suits or morph suits. Sure, morph suits. What morph green suits. screen ones? Green so screen that, ones for memes, so that people can edit whatever they want onto exactly. us. Because it can be everyone's yeah. bastard. It could be a group of pelicans. Think about how funny it would be if you, if we, there's news footage of. Um, Everyone is in a bright green morph suit. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm saying, the Iraq war march was a million people. I'm saying around a million people storming down the Royal yeah, March. we'll have a million listeners by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll be at the, the head of this. Yeah. Um, the storming down the we Royal... We could be in zoot suits, the rest could be in morph suits. <laughs> Even though it's an anarcho movement. So all of us, are, all of them are in uh, bright green morph suits. They're yeah. running down the Royal Mile towards Buckingham Palace. Extraordinary scene. Extraordinary. You've yeah. got BBC news coverage, the helicopter footage was running down. But if they were all in bright green morph suits, that means all the little people on the memers, the people, you know, the people who build the main, yeah. the majority of our, our fan base, they can edit. They can become goblins. It, it, goblins, uh, all Jeff Goldblums. <laughs> like you can literally, if we're all wearing that, because it's going to be the me memers revolution. Yeah. It's going to be Zoomers who are going to rise. Millennials have a, have had a tough run of it because they're kind of sandwiched between two generations who sort of don't like them and they've been dealt bad hands. But we can learn from their mistakes and we can be a much more successful revolutionary generation. Yeah, generation. Yeah. And part of it will be we exist half in the internet and half out. So yeah. we're sort of like apparitions. We're like shadows. And it's a, you can't and it's a, stop us. Because it's a devastating satire of political reality as well, which is, I think, it, it, oh, it is. that's a, another part of what it we is do. What, exactly. It is what and it's you gonna choose it to It's be. a post-ironic revolution. We say, yeah, we say, you, you frame this however you want. You have the power, but we're doing the actions. Sure. Yeah. And that is a fundamental change. So we mm -hmm. can't, I like the point about doing it in, you know, a traditional British garb, but, I think we need to make a statement with either the zoot suits or <laughs> okay, okay, one uh, of the two. I'll yeah, be yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, so we're all agreed on that. Um, should we get into the interview? Yeah, let's should get we get. Should we pick some nits? Yeah, and so get some hard analysis. What, what did you think of the? We watched the whole thing, and yeah. then we watched uh, the James Corden interview as well. Just to yeah, just to, a, it's like a. Uh, but we will get on to that. Not, what's the opposite of an aperitif? Um, it's a, a palate cleanser. A palate cleanser. Yeah. yeah. Um, and boy, our palates were cleansed sure. after because that man is an abomination. He's fucking um, awful. We get it. You're fat and you can't exercise. <laughs> That's essentially a lot of his jokes. Um, so, and he can't sing or dance. Like, he can sing. Well, fat people can sing. Is well, that a thing? Have no. you noticed? Um, fat people sing well. Is it just me? Or is there something about the 
the building of fat around you're the talking neck. gullets aren't you you're talking yeah. large wide gullets. i've just noticed that whenever i've met fat people when they've put the pipes out it's yeah. always been like well, every- quite like emotionally like that was a Okay, Gorgeous. yeah, yeah, that comes from the stop. Do you think yeah. it's because of the turmoil they go through of being? I think it's the mixture that they then of learn the... how to express themselves through song. It's the physical biology of the actual fat pushing on their vocal cords like this that kind of gives it like a lovely Yeah, you already, sound, you already sound a lot more yeah. poetic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And it's the relentless bullying yeah. that makes them a tortured yeah. artist. But, um, sorry. Well, uh, but uh, when have you ever seen an opera singer that isn't overweight? Yeah. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> so um, my initial thoughts were, it was obviously it was a Harry and Meghan interview, um, but for about 45 minutes or an hour, um, Harry wasn't there. We saw him, we saw glimpses. We saw glimpses. So that made me think he's either kind of, because there was a lot, they, they, the, the, the chicken was a big a motif. A big motif. Throughout. Yeah. And I thought that might be Oprah doing a subtle message saying that it, they're pussies, it they're cowards. It spoke of cowardice. It spoke of cowardice. Yeah. The people that, the royal family members who run away to be with chickens. And obviously they were trying to, itself. obviously they were trying to sell it as um, family wholesomeness, but there was a simpleton yeah. look that I don't think Harry there was expected. A, they, they look like village idiots. Because they, no, well, Meghan at least was speaking from the start. Because we didn't see Harry 45 it minutes. It made it seem like he was still with the chickens. His first, his first. <laughs> and for, for the whole time Meghan was talking, I just imagined Harry just going, oh, there you go. Man. Yeah, um, yeah. And then all just talking to uh, like the, the crew about yeah. the chickens. Yeah, yeah. And still doing like that bored part. as fuck. Yeah. And it did, it did make it seem like, so I, I think I know why it happened, but it made it, it made it seem like Harry wouldn't be trusted with that part of the interview. So they just put him in it. They just kind of led him into the chicken pen and locked the door. Yeah, he kind of like has this like voice like this that makes him, he's kind of got a slightly dumb posh voice, which is like, yeah. oh, oh, so the thing about these chickens. Yeah, and what was the first thing he said? The, fir- oh, the first, the so, first, oh, it was just shit. like, and it was the only thing he said so for 45 minutes. For about 45 minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah. The only thing, so it was, right, we can remember it, it was the chicken hotel. It yeah. was like chicken, yeah. chi- as in the chick inn. And then it went to Harry and he said something mm-hmm. like, We've oh got yeah, she, she does love the chickens. Yeah, that's it. All like, we've yeah. got chickens. Oh yeah, we, we, ha- we have chickens. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. farm chickens. Yeah. And so for an hour when Megan's talking about the potential diabolical opinions of the royal family yeah. and race relations between yeah. every everyone, um, Harry only said <laughs> yeah. that we farm chickens. Yeah. There, there was something that was quite interesting about seeing that sort of like, they're very, uh, Oprah and Megan, America is a very media culture. Yeah. the most probably in the world. So that just, even though they're, they're professional media, in general, Americans are quite good at like being yeah. on camera. And they can switch on. They can switch on. Harry can as well because he's been doing it all his life. He can, but it's still... He still, still comes across as a slight idiot. He still reminds me of people who I knew at school who had that sort of like that pudgy pale look and was kind of like, oh. and like seeing him sitting next to Meghan yeah. Markle, he still looked a bit out of place. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know he seems I mean? like he's right. Meghan Markle seems like she has it. Yeah. Harry seems like he's been trained really hard uh, to yeah. have it, but doesn't quite have it still. But you know, I can't help. I did, I did, I have started to like Harry just because I, I have sympathy for every He's a boy gone wild. He is a boy gone wild. He's a fucking, that was a yeah. wild move. Yeah, and absolutely. also they're all, they all have autism injected into them by the way they've been raised. Oh, they're GPs. Yeah, by the GPs, by the royal GPs. Anti-vax, just want to get that message out there quickly. So that I do feel sympathy for him attempting to be normal when yeah. it's impossible. Well, that was more stark than the James Corden yeah. thing. Is in it, watching him try and do comedy yeah. is yeah. brilliant. But they're setting up a media empire. So he's going to yeah. try and do that more and more. And it's almost sweet seeing him try his best to try and unlearn all mm. of the... 
all of the nice uh, like how uh, which for which meal you should use a particular fork for yeah and just <laughs> he's now exactly. trying to make a joke with james corden about he's trying and it's, it's and the fresh prince of bel-air yeah but anyway as you sorry so the, yeah no but so the key thing for me was the absence of harry at the start sure. um because he didn't seem to be trusted i'm pretty the reason for that i think is because may, there was a lot more when harry came on they started to talk more about the exit of Megxit, as yeah. in rather than what was happening before. So I think it was one, there was a lot of personal issues for Megan. So I think they were just going to focus on her with it. But also, I don't think how I reckon Harry said, I don't want to be part of the initial bit because he doesn't, you could see him very carefully choosing his words because he doesn't, if ha is Prince Harry says something negative or implies something negative towards a royal family, that has a lot more credence than if Meghan does. Mm. So I think it's a bit of a tactic for them not to completely fuck everything because they knew how big it was going to be anyway to have her come on first. Um, so if we go maybe semi-chronologically through it, the first thing that was striking to me, and I think in general, Meghan seems very... Meghan believe Meghan seemed, you know... Well, she did seem pretty authentic to me for, mm -hmm. for the interview. Um, yeah. Um, so the, the one bit that I think I took some problems with was the star when she was like, no one knows what to expect when you go into the royal family. That's kind of the no thing. One, I didn't Google it. I just believe what Harry was saying. It's, That's it's not... A, you're a clever girl as yeah. well. She's, she's smart and ambitious. I've had, I've had international girlfriends and I've looked up how to talk to like French mothers. Exactly. Like, how should I, like, how do I eat at the table with French people? Exactly. And, and what, what should I talk about? How do I not be racist to French people? And it's the same with what British people. What socks should I wear when I have dinner with French people? The example is you've done enough. Okay, are we happy with that? <laughs> but I, those are all on my recent, or not so recent searches on Google. Um, but that's, so that's me going, and they were paupers. Yeah. They yeah. were they were pond weeds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not not the queen. Not the queen. So it it seems naive to go into that situation just thinking that, or thinking that Harry would cover all the bases of, the, of this is exactly what's going to happen when you're there. Having no idea. What was shocking to me is that she she was shocked by the idea that she would still have to curtsy for the queen behind closed doors and behind the cameras. Yeah. Thinking that they it was only for show, and that is a very thing that an actress or a media person would say in that situation mm. because. She is. She's thinking that everything happens in front of the public because it only exists in the public. Mm. Whereas obviously the royal family, the power and the rules that you have to follow yeah. for the centuries that it exists, obviously exist behind closed doors as well. So I saw it as very naive, basically, that she would go into it without well, she any. said she was very naive. So yeah. I think the problem wasn't that she was naive. It's more that I didn't buy that she was naive. Do you not think that she even... I think that there was a she didn't she got in over her head a bit oh look they're they're ghastly people but i guess who uh, the royal family uh -huh. sorry <laughs> who else would it be uh, harry Meghan. okay know, so the, the, the royal family are ghastly people obviously and it's like uh and watching this alongside the crown is it does it is actually quite fascinating how they keep doing before this stuff had properly came out yeah they kept doing cycles of the same things repeating itself and how mm. that institution basically makes your life miserable yeah I, Which I don't it naturally know, yeah. does. And I get, so I think what I believe is, I think she used kind of some of the wrong examples of it, like the curtsy thing. Because I can absolutely believe that nothing, she's the she's nothing the most famous would prepare woman on the planet. you. Nothing would prepare you for the actual duties and the way that your life's going to change once you enter that family. Yeah. I can completely believe that yeah. just because I can't imagine how bad yeah. it is. But she mentioned something like, I didn't even Google it. Which is, see, to me, maybe, yeah, it could be that she's, she's just used the wrong I'm sorry, words you run into 
she she's uh, been an actress. She said that she knew one of um, a different princess before Harry, and that's how she met Harry. Yeah. <clears throat> when you're uh, uh, courting, this is what I do not buy for a second. It's when you're courting a prince or anyone in the royal family. This is Horatio's prince this courting is, tip. He's exactly. Been, he's, been round, <laughs> he's been around the block. He knows what he's talking about. Anyone. The do's and don'ts of courting a prince. And the thing about the, 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 the tragedy of Diana is that she was 19 when uh, that happened. So you can understand the naivety then because she was literally yeah. just a child yeah. uh, who, why wouldn't you think it would be great? But yeah. Megan was a full-grown woman who'd been through any relationships, had done many, <clears throat> uh, had lived a life. You go in fully with an ambition of uh, making it into the royal family. Yeah. It's not, I don't buy that it's like you have this burning love for Harry, uh, so much so that you're going to accept that you're going to completely change your life to be in the royal family because of it. I, I think guess it's pretty You hard wouldn't to... even go on a first date if uh, you're yeah. not planning that build up. You, you... I guess it's pretty hard to kind of separate a love for a person who is in the royal family from the knowledge of the fact they're in the royal fucking family. It's Meghan Markle. She's. Um, speaking to loads of people, uh, there's so many options for her. Yeah. She runs into Prince Harry, who you know I do I don't don't doubt they seem to actually have a pretty genuine relationship that I don't actually doubt, um, and they do seem quite like supportive of each other. But I don't doubt I really don't think it, she wasn't swept off her heels by him to the point where she was like, God, it's not for me, but I just love him so much. She was ambitious and she wanted to be part of the royal family. She had a princess idea in her head for sure. You sure about that? I'm I'm positive. You I, don't you don't she has so many suitors. She does not pick the thing Prince is, Harry just for his personality. No yeah, fucking way. Maybe. The thing is I don't want to cop out, but part of that is I think I'm still a bit of a romantic in some ways in heart. And some of it is like you just can't know that kind of stuff. Maybe it is and it could genuinely be like that. It could be that they just fell head over heels for each other. But I, I she, could be, she, could she be, went yeah. on those first couple of dates and you know what you're getting into. I know you know what you're getting into. but then, That's a slight bit. Yeah. But then also, I don't know. Yeah, it could be ambition. You know, it's hard to say that anything at any Okay, so, so sure. you, you, you meet a, um, a foxy young princess. Yeah. Um, wouldn't be for the first time. Wouldn't be for the first time. And you're speaking to her at a party. Yeah. You guys get on yeah. in a way that, you know, uh, it's somewhere who you, you have a real connection. Yeah. What 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 do you do? What do I do? You've got this connection with this person who yeah. you know is a princess. Clearly, yeah. she's really famous. Yeah. What do you do? Well, I... Do, if, you, do you follow that trend further? <laughs> I mean, you do it for the I bit. I think I would. You do it for the bit. Yeah, for the bit, it'll be great to have me come on the podcast on a weekly basis. How's it, how's it going with Princess Eugenie? Yeah. <laughs> but it's... No, I don't, because I... Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, I think you do follow it. Maybe I'm... I think I'm a bit more of a hopeless romantic in these things than Mr. Practical Head over mm. here. Um, but I, w I just... I, I don't think I'd be able to resist the urge. And I think whatever comes from it, comes from it. I've been in some toxic things before and I've just gone along with it because I, don't I think need it's on to. the same scale. Of course, it's not on the same scale, but I've got nothing else thing. to compare it to. No, I know, but so I, I, I know what you're saying. So I think based on what my general knowledge is, I think I, if I was really into this person, I would definitely go for it. Even Maybe. if it meant that I'd have to, have to then go That's around do tours of the world greeting people. <sighs> okay, so would you... Okay, okay. So you meet someone who you're truly in love with. Yeah. Would you sign up for to be part of the royal family? Genuinely. Now, that's the thing, because right now, sitting here, I'd say no. Okay. Sitting here, I'd say no. But then once you're, you know, when you're in that feeling, okay, no, it's uh, a how, hard thing to what, say what, no what to. What do you do? I would do a Harry and Meghan now. 
of like go there, but do a year of it. You do a year of I'd it. I'd increase my profile, then I'd fuck off to California Spotify and start deals, our media Netflix mogul deals. empire. Yeah. And by the way, their media company's called Archerwell. Archerwell. I remember when they talked about it and it was yeah. just like, surely there's some better names. Archwell. It just was, I think they're trying to get such... the name of their son in there. <laughs> I know, but it just, it just didn't hit right. Archwell, it sounds like what you do with your back when you're doing yoga. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a yoga instruction. I don't know, it looked like me to be like a kind of auto-generated like ancient paper company or something like weird like that. Do you know it sounds I mean? like it sells pens. Yeah, do you know, Archwell, it's like Parker yeah. Pens sort of type yeah. things. Yeah. It did not hit, it was not a good name and they should have thought of a different one. No. But, so, continuing yeah. our analysis of this. One, right, so one of the interesting things from it that I think is kind of a bombshell thing. I sure. mean, right, so I, I think people, because we, we, we had a phone conversation with a known royalist pervert. Um, yeah. But deviant. afterwards, a deviant who um, is basically blind to any uh, kind of criticism of the royals because she's so in love with them. Mm. Um, this and one of the points is like this: this was like a, um, you know, there's nothing new. Oh, what the royal family is slightly racist. Uh, oh, well, big news or whatever. Yeah. Um, this wasn't for me. It wasn't about the specific things that they were saying. It was more how how they were saying them and the consequences of that. So. You, they spoke for a long time, particularly Meghan, about the firm of the royal family and the family. So that's distancing the two things. So that's one saying how it was, there's, there's two images and two, um, there's one, it's, there's one part of the royal family, which is the family who are the image of it. It's like the star of the, of the kind of idea of it. And then the firm is the, how it actually runs. So you've got the people who are making the business decisions behind yeah. it, all of those things. So the fact, those are two separate entities. And that's how the royal family has kind of preserved itself for this long. Is It works in the same way as any kind of PR, or any sort of PR for a celebrity does. It's by trying to maintain a particular image mm. whilst the inner workings of it continue on, on, like on the slide, basically. But... So one just hearing her talk specifically about that immediately destroys the image of the royal family because with it's like in you, when you see a celebrity going through bad PR or something because yeah. of a revelation and you realise that they're humans like us, basically, or yeah. you see them in a different light. The royal family has worked for so long to maintain a royal image, yeah. a kind of semi-godly image yeah, yeah, yeah. about themselves as individuals. Yeah. And just by even talking about the fact that there's a firm running kind of underneath that and how the PR works in that immediately drags them into the human realm other than the godly realm. Yeah. And that is a big step. Yeah. That's a big step in saying, because as soon as you see them as people, then we're going to start to think, well, then why are these people rather than these gods have this divine right to rule us, basically, yeah. even though they don't practically rule yeah. us. So that, I think, is a big step of just mis uh, busting that myth within it. Um. So I don't know, that, that's going to be a big step in it, I, I was thinking, when it was happening. Um, I think, because like, oh, well, I mean, obviously the the racist, the racist baby thing, racist baby, there isn't a racist baby. Archie's a racist. Uh, Archie's a that's racist. That's what our take is. is it that was. Archie's the racist one yeah. against And they're Prince coming Charles. out in this interview to cover up the real problem. Is <laughs> that poor Prince Charles, poor Prince Charles was racially assaulted by, by the two-year-old Archie. <laughs> yeah. Now... And he won't stop. He keeps on... Look, we don't want to make light of those situations. <laughs> but it's really something that should be in media a bit more presently. Um, but, so, well, the race of both thing is it was definitely Charles. Yeah? We confident? We're sure it's Charles. And also, if it was Philip, then I'm like, look, it's obviously bad. But naturally, when someone comes out with Prince Philip being racist, the dude's 
a hundred year old inbred relic. Like he's been, I just like, it's just, maybe it's wrong, but what do you expect from a man yeah. who literally is from another fucking century? It's wrong. <laughs> it's And he's, his eyes have sunken into his skull and he's yeah. literally in his last leg. I mean, if he's, he's sputtering a little bit of racism, it's like, yeah. he's literally like, yeah. he's literally fading out of life. Like yeah. you, you should at least give old people enough dignity to be able to like, at least throw a couple of racist things it's out wrong. on there. It's, you can't cancel a 99 year old is what yeah. I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> But it's wrong because of the power and the symbols that they hold as sure. people. Yeah. Um, but on a human level, yeah, give the guy a break. Yeah. So it was definitely Charles. Definitely. It's definitely, definitely Charles. Who's unfortunate. Who's really come off the worst in this, I think. Well, what's unfortunate about Charles is it's like, he's, it's just unlucky for the royal family and for him almost that he's just extraordinarily unlikable. Yeah. He's just not a likable person, yeah. you know. Uh, there's the royal family because it's a hereditary thing it throws up some likeable figures it shows up some unlikable figures it's, throughout yeah, history yeah. it's done that unluckily the firstborn child of Queen Elizabeth was incredibly unlikable and he's going to be the next king of England yeah. and that's pro he's probably going to end the monarchy which is unlucky in some ways yeah, yeah. that the the kind of lucky dip of who who your firstborn son is is just a very unlike. You know, he, he yeah. went out with Diana, who's like this kind of fashion icon, so likable, and like yeah, completely yeah. wrecked that relationship through just being a prick. Yeah, um, you can't you can't choose your family. And so this one, you just know it was him, and it's yeah. just gonna. You know. But that well, you can't choose your family is, and you can't choose the royal family, and that's part of the that's the whole thing. I yeah. think that sums it up actually. Yeah. You can't choose your family. I've got nothing more to say. Okay. But, um, <laughs> um, well, what else was there? There was, um, so what was another big bombshell? I think, well, because maybe, uh, I, don't, I think we should talk about the suicidal thoughts. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. with so, Piers Morgan yeah. Yeah, 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 within yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of it was framed in, and that's why, again, I'm trying to, because we're going to make many links here, because this is what we do. Um, but you could, there, there was a lot of similarities in, it was in the, in the interview to like the Britney documentary. Mm. As in, there's discussions of, how fame, whether it be royal fame or pop fame, um, how that kind of weird intangible um, contract between you and the media starts off your career in some ways. And you owe it to them almost. A and you bit. owe it to them at the start. Um, but then that then becomes an absolute destructive force sure. that can then lead to a lot of mental illness. Et yeah. But... So with the, yeah, because like a lot of it was talking about her, like her suicidal thoughts and stuff. And I thought there was some pretty, there was one point I was actually a bit moved. Okay. Uh, when they were talking, it was about when, I think it was when Harry came on and they were talking about him squeezing her hand tightly. Or just like, mm. it gives you a good insight of, you know, as it's the same with any celebrity. And there's been a massive, there's been a massive tr uh, trend recently, particularly in documentaries of doing like kind of dissecting the media's response to celebrity. Like the Amy Winehouse documentary mm. is similar. Um, so there was kind of a bit of a moving bit when you're talking, when you're realizing the difficulty that she's going to be going through because it wasn't even because of the media sometimes. It was also because of just the royal families, like how much they helped her with this kind of stuff. Yeah. How much they reached out to yeah. her. A um, little. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so then seeing that and then, but also having to do your job of going out and smiling and yeah. you know, shaking hands and everything. But so there was a revelation that she had suicidal thoughts and everything. And then Piers Morgan, I guess we'll go into that. Piers yeah. Morgan came on the, the Good Morning Britain, whatever, who's been quite famously anti-Megan and goes on several of ra several rants about that. Well, you, uh, our flatmate was telling me 
and this is the kind of thing that it and I, I kind of could not even believe it but it seems to be true that she rejected yeah. him after they had a date I don't know about I don't I'm not sure I've heard they had a date is which is just so like what the fuck are you doing Megan like, I don't know if it was a date but it was no wonder you chose she... a Prince Harry of like the pe- the kind of level that you're sort of the yeah. people you're Elsa courting is fucking Pierce Morgan yeah you know um, Pierce in, Morgan you know in the second Hobbit where there's Stephen Fry and yes who does he play uh, like the oh, king the troll. of somewhere. Under the king. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. The, the, the troll guy who's like underneath the king. Yeah. It's like, you'd rather fuck Stephen Fry than the troll guy. Okay. And, and I yeah. see Prince Harry as Stephen Fry. But it's like, she has lots of options, is what I'm saying. No. And it seems crazy that it's narrowed no, down to this. No, it was only, pr- it was only <laughs> it was Prince Harry the king Harry or the troll. King or the troll. <laughs> you, you'll be surprised how many women only can choose between Prince Harry and Prince <laughs> It's one of the two. Um, but then so you're an avid uh, daytime TV guy. So this is obviously... Yeah. Um, how does this feel for you, the shockwaves going through the daytime TV community? Look. <laughs> we first had Bradley. It feels Look. like this is all coming mm. from the revelations made yeah. on this show about Brad- Bradley Walsh. Yeah, I think daytime TV has re-eva- really re-evaluated itself since I've started watching it. <laughs> Taking um, a long, hard look at itself. Yeah, um, I've got fresh eyes, you know. Like, <laughs> this is the first time I've done it. Um, <laughs> Although we did make the point today of the fact that in my week off, I haven't watched any daytime TV TV. And this it's week. the biggest. It's been the, bit, the most abruptive week. Yeah. Um, right. So, but let's uh, finish the story. Pierce Morgan comes on and then says he doesn't believe Meghan Markle's um, comment that she wanted Standard to Standard Pierce Morgan, as far as, as, far as Pierce, Pierce Morgan goes. But it is a it's pretty astonishing view to have. As in, like, I feel like he's doubled down so hard into his criticism of her that it's just become an, a, a kind of... Yeah, it's awful, but inevitability. it's like... I don't know. It, it, there's nothing. People when people talked about obviously what happened afterwards is what made it spectacular. But there's if you compare it to everything else, he hacked into people's phones in the oh, Lipson yeah. inquiry. Yeah, like yeah. I just don't know how this even. It doesn't seem to shock me. <laughs> well, I think what you know, I'm, like whenever you talk about mental health, there's going to be a bit of a. You're yeah, but he's talked about things even worse than that. He's hacked, hacked into like. Yeah, but that was back in the days when it was a wild west in the media. Okay, maybe and I don't know. It, it, it didn't him him denying that uh, Megan had suicidal thoughts wasn't like oh, can't believe he said that. It was like it's, it's the Pierce Morgan take. I don't know. To me, do you think what you don't think there's any issue? I think it's an issue, but I just don't know how that even ranks to what he the normal stuff he says. You know, it seems different to me. Okay, how come? Because I it's well because part of the issue is suicide and any kind of mental illness and, and these kind of. In the way that people are experience it is that a big problem is just like denying things and not taking people seriously when they say something like that. As in like there's almost a burden of proof on the person who's experiencing it rather than the people who are commentating on it, which is a bit of a problem. It's a problem for sure. But so like it just, but I think because it came on the back of a number of tirades that he'd done about her. Okay. So then- And this, it did feel pretty it personal. It felt in really poor taste that, as in like- it just—it almost seemed like he was clutching at straws for something to say. Yeah, but once again, this, isn't this yeah. Pierce Morgan? It's like poor well, it taste. Is. The reason, Morgan, I think, the main reason he clutching at straws, off. Pierce Morgan. It yeah, doesn't look. No, it does. It's not new. No, of course it's not. What new. was new was the mental health. Sort of no, it was aspect. him walking off. Yeah, that's what was the for me was like him. He goads people. Yeah, and then when people react badly, uh, implies they're snowflakes. Yeah, and yeah. emotional. So. To be that the kind of cartoon- what the guy said really wasn't that deep as well. Yeah, and to be that cartoonishly evil figure in the media, look, he keeps getting hired, and we have to be realistic and he because he brings numbers, and that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. The problem is, Good Morning Britain 
a show that wasn't that big, when Pierce Morgan's on, people all across the world know it because those clips are huge. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same with Katie Hopkins and stuff. We well, have to like... deal with the reality of the fact that he's incredibly valuable as a... Because I remember even thinking, I was like, how the fuck is he so popular? It's because he brings views. Because, uh, and a lot of it, as we've discussed in the past, has been that these kind of television programs aren't really about the th- two or three hour programs. It's about the 15 minute viral clips that get clips. out of it. Yeah, and Piers exactly. Morgan is perfect for that. And Good Morning Britain has had huge success yeah. with Piers Morgan um, doing his thing. But the big... But I think- because, sorry, but because yeah. the reason why this, unlike the suicide comments, which I'm, I just think adds to the canon of country of Piers Morgan yeah he's a character basically I see him as that well I, we know his um I, I know his um uh nephew and I spoke to them, so him I. about yeah we spoke yeah. to him I, I spoke to him about Piers Morgan he's like he's you know a lot of that's a character type thing and he's really not like that in real life I'm sure he's a bit of a prick but he, he knows that how he works as a journalist yeah. is being this kind of Fox Newsy type yeah, yeah, British yeah. version of that. So him saying that stuff, fine. He's going to be that opinion. It's all version but like him, Sean Hannity or something. Yeah, exactly. But then him storming off because he couldn't listen anymore. Mm. For me, that undermines yeah, his, yeah. his clown, his yeah. um, character his in the, the show. You can't react like a snowflake because it just undermines... I mean? Like the guy who said the, the comment, it wasn't that bad at yeah. all. yeah. It was. It really wasn't. I mean, he went diabolical behavior, but that was after he left. Yeah. It was a really astonishing thing to walk out on, and it almost felt like he was as exhausted about talking about it yeah. and having that opinion as everyone and else being was. that character. And I feel like that was just the end. It was like a big sigh, and mm. he left the show, and that mm. was it. But I think the main reason he went was because ITV are also running this mental health campaign. Would you get? Would you get him on the pod? Well. Piers Morgan, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Without, without absolutely we'd get him yeah but the thing well because that was because so he did a he did a post um on twitter afterwards and he was like i'm going to clarify my views on it and he said megan's i'm sticking a by megan's a whore megan, <laughs> megan, megan's a bat-faced bitch um no he went i'm i'm sticking by what i'm saying um and free speech free speech is a hill and if i have to die on this hill I'll, i will good um partly <laughs> My thoughts are like, because that's when the free speech argument is a bit weird, because it's like, no one stopped you from saying that. They would just be like, what you said was a bit of an arsehole thing to say. It's the annoying, this is the annoying this thing. Is, that's not is free it's speech. Like, I'm a big free speech advocate, and I think there's so many pushes towards limiting free speech that are terrifying, and we shouldn't yeah. think about. It's just so annoying when the left can sometimes lump in genuine free speech concern as the arguments Pierce Morgan and people like that are making and it kind of gets confused. Yeah. Where it's like, free speech doesn't mean that you get a prime time slot to say whatever, whatever you want. Whatever the fuck you want, yeah. And it's still like a free market of opinions that they love saying. Yeah. And, you know. It's like, well, I think because he hasn't been cancelled for it. No. Because he would have been cancelled a long time ago. Yeah. It's just that ITV, what he said, it went directly in contradiction to what ITV is saying. Yeah, don't so work on pissed, network television. He pissed off his bosses. Go on YouTube. Yeah. And do start like, your own yeah. thing and say what you, you want. No get, one's going to, you're going to have a support. You weren't silenced. Yeah. You were punished. Yeah. For what you said. And it, with those ones, it's like, you know, a lot of the free speech issues is people purposely misreading irony or jokes yeah. a lot of the time or yeah. not allowing debate. But when someone's saying with no with complete sincerity yeah an opinion that's inflammatory and then expecting that you can't that, even react badly to yeah. an opinion that's built to make you react 
Yeah. The whole point of that opinion is to get a reaction out of you. You yeah. can't then accuse that reaction of being because. But then he speech. would say, I think, in looking at what his side of it, he would say, <laughs> "I teach." Oh, <laughs> I've got a big head and lots of opinions, and now I'm upset. Other than that, he would have said he would have said something along the lines of, "Well, the ITV bosses forced me to either apologise or quit the show, so I hashtag quit because of hashtag free speech." I think that's their right. When you're on network television, you have you. Exactly. You, you have yeah. rules to play with. And, but then the, the other side of that is that would imply that every free his argument of free speech would imply that every single there is no opinion worth apologising for. Yeah. Ever. Like imagine this, uh, Hugh Edwards on BBC News. Um, it goes. And that's, do, 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 do. That has been the news at ten, and I want to just say all your mothers are cunts and your sisters are whores. Thank you very much. Good night. And if he goes And then him on Twitter, I will not be resigning. <laughs> free speech is a long fight to freedom and I'm happy to die in battle for it. If I have I have the right to say all your mothers are cunts and whores, and I will not be taking that back on anyone's watch. Because free speech. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, like, I guess good riddance. Um, I feel like, I, I like, the thing is, he's got an entertainment factor to he do, it. You can't deny and it. I don't go on IT. The, the key thing is, I don't watch morning TV for my politics. <laughs> no. And I think that's too often become the, what people are thinking about. Of people, you can't, because I get that people, you can't complain to Ofcom about an opinion. Because... That's not that Ofcom like the regulators aren't the problem there. Like this always Ofcom is always inundated whenever Piers Morgan arrives on the on the scene. The problem is that he's a cunt, but you have to look at him as that cunt and just see those opinions as his and idiotic. And great, he's off the show now. But for an entertainment factor, if I was a regular watcher of Good Morning Britain, which I'm not because it's too early. <laughs> and that's the only reason. Yeah. Um. I'd probably you, be. You'd be excited I'd, to see Pierce's take. You I have would. To know. Just because you look up and it's just to get you through the morning. Yeah. You just. Well, I just want that entertainment. You want that. Um. But feeling of annoyance. It's like watching gladiators do battle. Yeah. You're not. You don't actually care about what the gladiators' view is on. To be honest, the person who Michael. should be sat is Suzanne Reed uh, because uh, she's victim too, blamer. She's too calm, and it's like we if if you know ITV know their place which is one thing you can always say about ITV is we've got those kind of big networks in the UK it's, BBC it's I always say that about BBC tattooed on my BBC bar. are like establishment uh, educate inspire all that kind of thing Channel 4 are edgy and ITV are trash have you seen the trash they've got on E4 now yeah yeah I, I, oh. teenagers issues it, it, it goes against what I'm saying but sure um, sorry I just heard E4 uh, I, ITV is trash and so like but what you yeah. want is Good Morning Britain with Pierce Morgan and then a re George Galloway. You, like that yeah. would be a good deal, or some yeah. like two fucking cartoonish. Who doesn't want to wake up to an argument? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Honestly, it's what get, it's like having a, it's having a coffee in the morning. Yeah, you exactly. wake up to people shouting about migration. It's true. Great. That's what I want. I don't want I don't want informed opinion mm. in the morning. I want that at ten p.m. at night. Weird. We're, we're, we're the same. That's yeah. what, what our show is. It's news yeah. news entertainment, is it? Yeah, yeah. You come here for entertainment and nonsense. Yeah. Rather than like, oh, I'm really going to be completely Stats. and utterly informed yeah. by a, a informed, educated. No facts. We don't know facts mm. because facts get in the way. Facts don't care about your feelings as well. Um, but. You made a, a link as well to the Britney documentary and all this because yeah. you've finally, I finally watched, watched, it. watched it so we can talk about it. Even though it's a bit late, I do think 
Um, we're doing our news catch-up week. <laughs> news catch-up week. Because we've ignored the news for two weeks. <laughs> yes. So now we're just getting everything that's happened. Um, I watched it. Uh, what did you think of it to start off with? I'm Just a brief, like, I was so... Uh, again, I don't want to drop her in it again, but the same uh, royal family apologist um, sent me a very inflammatory message after she watched it, saying, "I um, I hope you watch the Britney Spears um, or I hope you watch the Britney Spears documentary soon, um, just because is you should be checking your male privilege." Oh no, hold on, hold on, hold on, because um, this is our friend Izzy, and one thing I'll say about her: I disagree with her on the royal family, but she does have a knack. To be fair to her. Or having a strong opinion that oh, I gosh, completely yeah. disagree with, and then it coming right. It's weird. She was right yeah. about Kanye towards me. I didn't oh, was yeah. not a Kanye fan when we were, no. we went to school with this girl. I, I wasn't a Kanye fan when I was like 12, 13, because I, I didn't like his outlandishness and it just annoyed me. And she kept on telling me that it was something else. And now he's my yeah. favorite. Um, no, you got it. She was yeah, yeah. She, she was a she was a Britney fan. Die hard till the yeah, end, yeah. even at the point where the media hate her the most. Yeah. And then me, who wasn't even interested, just would vaguely hear headlines, just assume that she, uh, lots of things about her. Yeah. And this documentary, <laughs> though I think some of the claims I don't agree with, in general have proven her right again. Yeah. Is what I think. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. About our general support of Britney, absolutely. Like, and so maybe the royal family, maybe she'll come right again because she does have a little nose for these sort of things. Maybe. Maybe in five years we'll be. Maybe, yeah, we'll, we'll be on be. here saying, "Is yeah. he? Is he got it right?" Well, again? I think we should. We would consider getting her on at one point if she. For sure, it would we, be, she could be our like kind of like great, LBC yeah. caller in, like the opinionated. Yeah. yeah no. She yeah. no. I no. I respect her opinions massively. Sure. If I have to, I don't want to. It's more fun to. This is my ex girlfriend as well. Sure. So it's more fun to trash. Yes. Um. But. So I, I went into it with a bit of a lens of I was told to check my male privilege about this Britney documentary. I don't get that take. That take was poor and like she might... She just, had all the cards because she'd yeah. been saying Britney uh, was mistreated all along. And, and then I she went and told me to do that. And Why I basically, did you fuck it? I was like, well, what? No, nothing about male like, what, privilege. What, what, what do you mean? What the fuck what are you, you talking mean? about? So I went into that. And I feel like that informed it a bit because everything I, I was just gathering evidence to shout at her. Sure, sure, sure. But no, so what I thought immediately, it was... Can we it, move up a, a, a thing? A like... Can you move up one? What? It's your back. No, just I just I, I think we. Could, no, you we just could, want your we, back to be. No, better. we can elevate this conversation. Why don't we? We should always just get slightly higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can elevate this now. So, given that slight context of what I went into, I it wasn't a revelation for me. So I feel like people might have interpreted as, oh, how bad is the media? How misogynistic is the media? Isn't it sometimes terrible to be famous because of paparazzi? None of that was news to me. For me, it was like, it's about, a, it's a very individual, sto individual story about Britney and the things she went through. It didn't really have any grand applications for me. Really? Yeah. The Amy, the Amy documentary did that fucking ages ago. Uh, and to, to be honest, to a lot, uh, a lot more personal level because it made her drive her to drug use and suicide. Compared to Britney, where it was like, yeah, of course the media, of course the media is misogynistic. Of course, I the thought, paparazzi are invasive. No, no, no. I disagree with that because what I would say it does well is it it kind of involved all of us in a reminder that we're sort of nearly all of us are to blame in a way. Obviously, that's a crazy thing because we're like eight years old. But in a general, as a culture, we're all to blame because we all bought that shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like re-positioning um, how celebrities are portrayed by the media. You know, Amy Winehouse is pretty similar because there's, there's a lot yeah. of sentiment against her as well. But what, what, I don't want to, it's not worth on. comparing that much, but a lot worse. 
Amy Winehouse is like the coverage she got is a hell of a lot worse. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Don't talk shit. What, why is that? Why is that not? Because it, uh, Amy Winehouse was struggling with drug addiction for sure, and there was a lot. Of, but she was like the the media are obviously bastards. But she was given there wasn't as many like genuine lies about her. Nah. She was struggling with drug abuse, and she was um, being photographed at like seven in the morning. Yeah, fucked up her face. What were the media meant to do with photos of that? Do you know what I mean? Obviously, it's awful. No, but, but yeah, but, but it wasn't like it was as much of a turned and twisted narrative in the same way. It was a struggling person who they. But exploited. that's also what they did to Britney. She was a struggling person. She wasn't the key the bit of the documentary. She wasn't at the beginning. Well, yeah, but, and then she was. And Amy that way. was yeah, constantly from the start a bit. But do you know what I mean? Near, she no. was a truly troubled individual okay, who yeah, was brilliant, but, uh, and yeah. that was partly where her brilliance came from. Which is why I from. was saying the comparison. And she's. I don't know if if she wasn't famous that she wouldn't have run into a lot of other issues with drugs and abuse either. I don't I, think... Do you think she would have had this wholesome life? I don't think I the think same would be. This and is Brittany why I'm probably saying would it's have. not really worth comparing because uh, like those kind of questions... That's, what I, that's what I think is the difference. Is yeah, that but, okay, but it's, it's not, all, n- Both but of what them are I'm awful. Saying and it's also because you I'm love s- Amy Winehouse and don't care for Britney much. Yeah, is well, I, partly Britney where it comes some, from. Britney has bangers. She has some But she I, has of course, I, I don't care as much. But then when you see young Britney... So what I'm saying is, although like the comparison is difficult, whatever, but... These things have been like pretty well documented now. Like that's why I don't think it was revelatory for me about how the media acts with celebrities. I think it was revelatory. Because I, I felt all that for basically the Amy documentary. I thought that was the big turning point. And I thought it wasn't, you know, it wasn't massive news. I felt uh, the, the Amy documentary meant everyone, made everyone complicit in it as well because of how we digest media stories. Yeah, no, no, it definitely has a complicity. Do you know what I mean? But I'm just saying Amy Winehouse with who she was as an individual was... Um, she was less she was a, a wild individual with a wild spirit yeah. um who was gonna be probably wild anyway well, not but that it was wild. not that wild yeah. obviously it was but britney and it was seeing young britney and just seeing that raw it was fascinating to see just the story of like true stardom and what makes star like I've, i always find like true raw talent kind of fascinating and like her at a young age just seeing her in some of those interviews when she was younger and just seeing the way she dealt with the media so well her ability to sing dance the look and just having whatever star quality is just having that in such a raw thing and such Mm. a like sweet kid the the thing of her singing when she was young it's extraordinary she's like extraordinary yeah and yeah again compared to ABC the same similar things and then that then that talent then interacting with the world of celebrity yeah which is where the downfall comes yeah but then like britney you know a- amy was having had uh boyfriends in prison she was going through drug addiction stuff like britney was never going through anything like that it was far more truly to do with well, the she paparazzi. was going through mental health struggles because, because of, of the paparazzi yeah yeah but then you could and amy winehouse was very... not taking drugs because the paparazzi I don't think so. The the documentary heavily implies, which is of course the problem with documentaries. Yeah, yeah. She was of course she was smoking some ganja back in the day. But the drug addiction and the worsening she was of it's always a troubled individual. That is I that is unfair. Do you think? Yes. If you look at the documentary, I that is not the perception I got from the documentary. I'd say, yeah. Is that she was She was a, raw... she was a fucking artist. She was yeah, an artist yeah, yeah, who sure. just wanted to sing. Mm. And that well, because that's a bit of a difference between like Britney and Amy. Amy didn't want fame. She didn't want that. She just wanted to make music. And then all of the fame stuff on top of that, she hated. Sure. And then when she when she made one of the best albums ever, yeah. that then 
obviously gets her so much attention which she then can't handle with which yeah. is why her drug is got worse no, no. whereas Britney is a, wanted to be a pop star well, let's agree. she wanted to sing dance and be famous let's agree different. it's uh, pretty yeah. reductive to compare them yeah 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 yeah. I think the Britney documentary was good and entertaining I think the, the a couple of things where it was so it was, it was so uh, the problem with it is uh, it was so biased and so focused on one angle and it was so like it wasn't a, it wasn't a great made documentary in the sense of like uh, you know ethical filmmaking in the sense of like yeah. portraying new ones. It was by New York Times as well. We thought they'd be yeah, better at it. Yeah, it was, it, it was interesting because it, it was a fascinating story yeah. um, and because it was like revealing something about Britney. But it wasn't like a skillful documentary of yeah. presenting truth. Yeah. Like the, some of, the way they kind of um, indulged in the conspiracy theories that have no grounding mm. that Britney's Instagram posts, posts are sending messages of her being yeah. stuck because and she said something like um, like these kind of like whimsical things about wanting to be far away. That's don't indulge day, with that. The day like very uh, very quickly after the documentary came out, she posted one of like um, a Scrabble game that she played with yeah. her husband or something, which is like the best fertile ground for potential clue giving. Yeah. So I did spend a long time looking really? at the Scrabble <laughs> trying to work out what was happening. Did you get anything? Uh, uh, nothing. Nothing. I didn't spend long enough. Um, but with with that, it's like, there's because what the Instagram is, is the perfect uh, case study almost to look at through Britney, because it's either that she's sending encoded messages because of the conservatorship yeah. and she's trying to gain power, or it is the Instagram of a very mentally unstable person who needs a conservatorship. It's, that's Maybe the not thing. needs one, but who is mentally unstable. Or I'd love that argument to be at least presented with a slight bit. They did it it's, once yeah. at the very end, which yeah. is the only fact of it, because they. I was surprised they didn't focus on the conservatorship a lot. Because that's why I'm saying it was a bit underwhelming for me because a lot of it was just how bad the media have treated her mm -hmm. which i get is always good to see and always good to be yeah. reminded of absolutely yeah. and i again it's not comparison name it's different um but they don't even really touch on the conservatorship bit at the end which is what i thought it was really going to be about um and then there was only one bit of nuance which is a really fair bit of nuance at the end of one guy saying the brother, something like it? maybe or the brother or i can't remember or i can't remember who it was guy with gray hair yeah, yeah. i think um but he was like we can think of these things, but at the end of the day, we don't actually, we can't know for a fact what her mental state is because she's so behind closed doors as well. It could genuinely be the case that she needs one. And it's also... And we don't know that. Also, um, her, the one thing she got control of, which was a big turning point, is when she got an Instagram account, which was like, yeah. finally, she had something where she was had more unfiltered. And it's the most mental thing she's ever... The most mental part. The most part, unstable The thing. most unstable things, the craziest stuff came so, from the one avenue she had to show what she really was like. And that isn't to say that she definitely needs a conservatorship. That's just to say, we don't know what's happening. Yeah. And well, one of the funniest bits of it was there was someone from the hashtag Free Britney movement talking on it. And so when her dad came out and addressed Free Britney and was saying, this is all ridiculous, et cetera, et cetera. She was, she was, when being interviewed, she was like, so yeah, when that came out, I started to have doubts. But then I spoke to someone who had similar views to me and decided that I was right. Yeah. And it was one of the most it's, astonishing it's like the mind, expressions the of how conspiracy theory works. And then when you see those Britney fans and it was just, that was interesting. It's like seeing the kind of, when it cut to a Britney fan, it's like, she saved me and now I'm going to save her. And it's like yeah. that whole group of other unstable individuals yeah. who are leading the free Britney movement. It feels, Free Britney. 
Fee, fee Bitney. Fee Bitney. Fee. Just Fee, fee Bitney. Fee paying Bitney. Would fee be... paying Bitney is all we need. <laughs> we need Bitney to pay some fees. Yeah, because it's getting a bit silly now. It's been a while. Um, yeah, I, I think the no, even if she deserve, uh, um, even if she needs a convert servitorship, it's still mm. a tragedy because the reason she needs it is because of the way that the media Absolutely. destroyed her. Which that's, I, uh, I think that's pretty undeniable. Yeah, but yeah where the the way it was like she's this kind of sane person stuck in a thing with no control of her money. I don't. Can I? Know. Yeah, you know, I no, I, what, I we I, don't know. We don't know. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Which I yeah. Um, let's. I a question that came up whilst I was watching it is. Now I'll ask you it, and I don't know the answer. Please, to this. I think it's an interesting. Please one. answer me. Really, I, you know, beg a bit more. Thank you. Do. I'd love it if you. you I, I, I beg you to yeah. please ask me this fascinating question. Okay, here we go. Um, no, so it was different for Britney because of when she was coming up. Uh, during she was coming up to fame during this the the height it's the height and power. Probably, probably will never get that beat again in the same yeah, way. The yeah, the height and power of the paparazzi. Yeah, yeah. So like. It's fair to assume that she wouldn't have full knowledge of what she was actually getting into. So my question is, like, so forget about that time. Let's talk about this time. Someone who's trying to be a celebrity now or whatever, trying to really take that assail to the heights of fame, massive fame in our age. Do you think, so knowing what we know about the media and the paparazzi yeah. and the negative press you're going to yeah, yeah. indefinitely get if you're that famous, how much do you think that you should accept that as a part of being famous as because the press and fame of the, the, the press kind of generates fame and you get good press that mm -hmm. gets you there. Should you therefore accept the fact that it's negative press as well? Yeah. So this is interesting because how much of a right to privacy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's an interesting question. I think uh, I, I spoke a bit with this about with BB and it's quite interesting because obviously I spoke about it with a mushroom in the bar. <laughs> um, I get it. I get it. It's, so like, it's been a quick rise for you. That's a joke. That's nice. That's nice. Um, that was a very good joke, actually. Um, it's it's obviously it's interesting because I've spoken this with BB is like if you're both of us are setting out on uh, goals to uh, if if we feel the logical endpoint of where we're headed. Yeah. In Not that world, it's like um, it's you. You need to accept that part of it, what would come with a success in how you is criticism. It, is criticism. And obviously it's more for her and because her sister was in Harry Potter, so there's like a very small look on celebrity. Yeah. Uh, hence the Daily Mail article. It's like yeah. a little taste of that. And obviously we, she hasn't been involved that much with it, but even the smallest taste was a sharp reminder of what you're getting into. Yeah. And we've had talks about this and what I've said to her and what we've kind of agreed is like, you have to accept a certain thing that if you want to achieve success in these certain fields, these very competitive fields, yeah. you do have to go in with a certain level of responsibility and your eyes open, you know, yeah. because though the, it, the system should change, it's hard to change it and you kind of have to accept it. And if you want the benefits of fame, success in an art form, in media, mm. you have to be mentally prepared for the, the the flip side of it. Yeah, you know, at least mentally prepared. Slightly. You need to reform the press and stuff like that and the kind of bullshit lies. It doesn't excuse it. It doesn't excuse it, but 
she Bibi's a much better example because if she achieves her goals, it'll be much more of that sort of thing than if I achieve my goals, you know, because she's much more in one, that celebrity one camp. A, well, and also one actress versus comedian. Exactly. And two, male versus female. Male versus female. Female actress. Female actress where, where you the worst. And then male comedian, you control your voice as well. In yeah, a way. yeah. The only way that I get bad press is if I sexually assault people. Like, that's the only way that, that male comedian... the case. That's yeah. the only way that male comedians or tell a, a, yeah. a joke or something like that. But yeah. in general... Well, Mel- that's part of my meta plan, actually, well, that's weird. to say that you sexually assault me, <laughs> and then I'll just take over this as a one-man exactly. podcast. But that's the thing about male comedians, is it's like, you do um, flirt with fame, no, mm. with comedians in general, is you flirt with fame, but you kind of, it's a sort of fame that you get a lot more control over, yeah, yeah. because you're sort of the right director of your own stuff, yeah. and you like are... Uh, you you your live whole, your private life on stage. As yeah, well. and also your whole skill set and career is your own opinion and standing by it. If you're Britney, if you're an actress, if mm. you're doing stuff like that, yeah. you're not built And for suddenly your private life truth. becomes a lot more interesting. You're not built for truth in the way that comedians' yeah, whole yeah. foundation is truth. So it's harder to reveal and truth. And professionals are laughing things off. Exactly, yeah. So it's a much, it's much And if you're worse. getting on stage talking about your hemorrhoids or something, then that's, you know, the paparazzi you've got nothing to talk about. Exactly. Whereas with an actress, it's a lot more like, one, yeah. there's an interest in your private life because the majority of the time, like screen time you get is playing a character. Mm. So people are interested in the personality behind the actor. Mm. Whereas that's not the same with comedians. It's true. And like- And, but go, the, and males. Yes. Because you often find that's, again, the obvious- The, what, the, 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 the sexism, especially early in Britney's career, yeah. was shocking. I, I, it was a stark reminder of just yeah. how terrible it was. It was fucking unbelievable. That yeah. thing about- Asking every like that interviewer when she looks like 20, yeah. 20 ish, yeah, yeah. just like let me address the elephant in your room. Everyone's talking about your tits, yeah, yeah, it's or crazy. Something. And it's like he's fucking, he's like a 50 year old guy as well. And it's like, crazy. obviously, it's creepy as a 50 year old guy asking it, but yeah. also the responsibility as and an, the as an interviewer. The were a wild time for that kind of they stuff, they were, and I kind of miss them, <laughs> yeah, uh, not, for the, <laughs> not for the right reasons, <laughs> yeah. but I do miss them, even though I can't really remember. There was that great interview, how crazy that was, yeah. Um. But uh, we have talked about this, and is uh, basically I've also realised, though um, I'm not famous at all, the people I speak to and comedians, I've like met famous people, or in the industry you run into people who are famous, yeah. and that means that I've slowly realised just how unglamorous it really is, or just like once you meet them and see their, them in like a mundane setting, you realise what it is, and it's sort of reminding just how unsatisfying fame is but then the problem is is if you want to achieve if you feel an urge to achieve something creatively which part certainly for me part of i don't want creativity in a vacuum Mm. you know no one makes a film for no one to see no one does comedy for no one to see the the relation between art and celebrity and fame is a tough one because I think art is certainly a noble pursuit or creating something is a noble pursuit, but the fame is a a, a, a negative about. byproduct, but you need it yeah. to um, fund the art because you can't be yeah, a yeah, successful yeah. If you Art without an audience is just weird. Yeah. So that, or is though that, you're or trying is to- have true art? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. So, But not really. So like, that's the weird thing is it's like you have to accept a certain level. It's about not- um, playing in it's more like um, playing into the celebrity aspect which is removed from the R yeah. if you start playing with that as a way to get more, bigger audience yeah. then you have more responsibility for when it turns against you because it's a dangerous game is yeah. what I think yeah. if you let the art speak for itself mm. 
and you focus on that, then you have more control over it. But if you start playing into the more celebrity aspect of it. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah. And that was similar to that within the documentary was, so they had um, some paparazzi guys on. Um, first, it was hilarious how uh, little remorse they had. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fucking All great. Of them. You hear tabloid the guys. Tabloids idiot. guys are crazy. No, I mean, like, and I I don't say, I, I, I don't say this lightly, I guess, but like, pa- guy, paparazzi's a fucking scum. Yeah. I think, like, yeah. kind of the worst of the earth. Yeah, sure. And so there was a guy, and the, the main guy that they got on had from like, it, he had an end point. It was like from, I don't know, 80s to 2010 or something. So it implied that he'd given it up. And then just be, being pushed a little bit about like his profession and his kind of response is, well, she needed us as much as we needed her. Yeah, it's complete delusion. It's delusion. And I can, but then it, what it goes into what we're talking about are that he's looking at it through, she needed to be famous for her profession as we're talking about. Um, and then we needed to be able to print newspapers. Um, but then is there, there must be a, a more civilized way you know, Britney can release big albums. She can do big tours. Yeah. She can still be famous without all that other people, shit. And maybe because, she doesn't need that because shit. Because the problem is that people crave the actual person behind these symbols. Yeah. As much as we crave symbols at the moment, because celebrity is kind of, celebrity is our new religion in sure, a lot of ways. Sure. Um, but there's this base human instinct and desire to see the, the disgusting human reality behind those symbols. Yeah. And it's at once pleasurable and painful to see that. And but there's always a market for it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't really know how you get over that. I mean, is that when there's intense public interest in someone, there's always gonna be negative things that are gonna be published. And because the fact that symbols don't have symbols, so like, I don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio as a symbol doesn't have any fucking negative about him because he's a great actor. He's a philanthropist, etc. But of then also, it goes, well, that's a bad example. No, exactly. No, no, no. But then also, yeah, he had bad stuff in the in the paparazzi, not the symbol of Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. But then behind, but the then young girlfriends and the yeah, no, he's, yeah. no, you're yeah, getting there because you had this. The symbol of him is a great actor and philanthropist and environmentalist, etc. I've heard that and he has sex with to, girls. I'm getting there. Sorry, sorry. And people need to believe in that symbol for some for some reason as a more kind of religious kind of worship um, component within us. But then there's also this horrendous, there's this, well, not horrendous, this drive within us of like, well, that's all fucking bullshit. We want to know real people rather than fake symbols. And then that's, and then you see the reality behind the character, which is it. him bringing up women to have sex with them. And then he listens to Boys Gone Wild, apparently. Yeah, whilst he's having sex. Apparently, uh, he gets his security guard to find the hottest girl in the room. And they, they can say, Leo, will see you now. <laughs> They come in, he has headphones in. Yeah, he has and, headphones in. Uh, he used to listen to music, but now he listens to Boys Gone Wild, apparently. <laughs> what could be the yeah. funniest thing that he listens to? Uh, How about cricket sounds? Uh, I think cricket commentary, the India, England. No, no, test. I mean crickets, like. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, I think. What? I, I, <laughs> the, yeah, India versus Pakistan. I think, test match. I, you know what, actually? I think it'd probably be funny if it was like the, the Stephen Fry narrated Harry Potter books. <laughs> <laughs> whilst he's whilst he's having sex with a lady Harry was sad that day he realised the levity of the situation he was in for it was the Quidditch match tomorrow because <laughs> it calms him yeah it calms like, oh. um, but yeah I mean do you want to do you want to play um, we got a message in um, should I, we do that uh, we, 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 you've done enough time do you want to do the message well we've got we, it's a week off we can do a slightly longer one yeah, we can do um, talking about Ella's message. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, we we'll, we'll play. Uh, so yeah, we, we've 
that was we talked about Britney and the royal family, and we'll leave it on a, a nice message that we got in. Um, from friend of the pod, Ella McLeod. A little funny anecdote. Hey boys, I was hoping you could uh, help me with a dilemma that I'm I'm struggling with. It's kind of embarrassing. One night, me and my boyfriend were having some couple time and I told him to go wild. And uh, our Google Home started playing your podcast and... Well, you know, we were we were midway through, so I couldn't stop it, and one thing led to another, and well, now I get turned on whenever I hear your voices. <laughs> what do I do? It's becoming a real problem for me. Well, this is a classic problem that a lot of our listeners are having. And I'd just say, don't fight your urges. Don't fight your urges. Don't fight your urges. Um, if you guys want to, you know, strum yourself silly, if you want to work one out while it's the podcast, hey, don't feel bad hey, about it. Beat the meat. Beat the meat. Play cards Men, with one hand. women, non-binary. We, don't we presume most of the listeners are masturbating rather than having sex. <laughs> Knowing our listeners, it's a more solitary sexual yeah. expression. Like, kind of dark and a bit but sinister. Who she was having sex with is... Michael Fart. Michael Fart. Well, Michael, Michael, her dad, who was our first uh, co-host oh, yeah. in the radio show, which is all on YouTube, Gordon Cohen Radio. I'll link it in the description, which some people have messaged saying they've been listening. Some people are going in, yeah, going which through, is yeah. Listen, there's, a, there's, there's about 50 episodes, maybe more, more. of three years' no, worth. No, well, there's three. If you're like, if you're, if you're fi- if you find yourself sitting and waiting for the next episode of Boys Gone Wild, firstly, Stick subscribe on. to the fucking Patreon. Mm. Secondly, go through the three years of podcasts we did on Student Radio. Yeah, we did Student Radio, and we've had a couple of co-hosts who we might bring back on the show Definitely just Michael. for a nostalgic thing. And Mark. Uh, we've got a couple of their great co-hosts uh, uh, who it would be good to yeah. bring into the new world of podcasting. Mm. Do you have anything else to say? No, I think I think we're good. I think we covered it. Uh, thank you very much. We'll see um, you this time. We'll see you this on at uh, this time on this date in 2035 for the... 20, for the... Um, Royal Abolition, Abolition of the Monarchy. Revolution. Uh, kill the Queen. Uh, fuck the goats. Uh, death uh, to um, the, the West. West.